When the pressures of everyday life push the buttons of our inescapable human frailties, it's time to press pause, to be still, to breathe, and to look objectively at what is happening to ourselves and those about us. iHub Radio presents In This Moment with Toby C. Helping people to recover from emotional, physical, and spiritual pain. Now, here's Toby C. Hey, welcome back. Welcome back to our show. This show belongs to you and me. And it's a show about recovery. And I'm your host for this show. My name is Toby C. I can't tell you my last name because I participate in a fellowship of recovery that practices anonymity. But um, it's our show. It's about recovery. And it's called In This Moment. And we're going to try to calm down for the next hour. And we're going to try to we're going to try to get you, the listener, and we're going to try to get me to stay in the moment. That's what we're going to do. You know, our program is about recovery, and I I always try to keep the first part of our program to defining exactly what we're trying to accomplish here. And um, recovery, as I understand it, is for people who are suffering. And I believe anybody who is suffering is. People have many different forms of suffering, and some of us overcome certain levels of suffering, and some of us don't. The type of suffering we're going to be talking about today is the type of suffering, the type of suffering that's an illness which only a spiritual experience will conquer. And that's a quote out of a, uh, out of a very famous book called The Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. And we're going to be using that publication as a point of reference throughout our, our show today. But I don't want you to think that our show is about alcoholics and alcoholics anonymous and alcoholism. Rather, our show is about anybody being able to practice a few principles and apply a few tools and overcome a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. That's who our program is, is tailored for. It's tailored for you, or maybe it's tailored for somebody that you really care about who is, they're stuck, and they just can't seem to get out of the stuck position. Either they're completely in denial and they just don't know the fatality and the, and the futility of their struggle, or maybe, maybe you or somebody you know is, is just stuck in the endless loop of, of rehabs and rehabilitations and hospitals and recovery centers. And just as soon as we get better, you know, we're back out running and gunning, you know, and driving that car until the wheels fall off again. You know, maybe that's you. Maybe, you know, the end result, and I can tell you this from firsthand experience, the end result is suffering. Suffering. But I'm going to tell you, our program is not just to talk about suffering, it's to talk about a solution. Our program is all about the solution. You know, there is a way out of this suffering. And one of the founders of the, uh, of the fellowship of the 12-step method of recovery, one of the founders, he was a doctor. His name was Dr. Um, Robert Holbrook Smith. And he wrote kind of a fun prescription. He wrote, he wrote this prescription in 1937, and he, he filled it out and made it available to all alcoholics. And on the prescription, and it was a real doctor's prescription, um, he, wrote, he wrote a little memo to, to please you know, make sure that, that, uh, that we apply the, the following three principles. And the prescription was real simple. It was one, trust God, 
Two, clean house. And three, help others. The 12-step program has 12 steps, but, but the, the, the principal cornerstones of this fellowship are about trusting God and enabling people to find a God of their understanding if they're godless or if they've rejected God, and then to calm down sufficiently to clean house. And then finally, once we've calmed down and we've cleaned house, and we've gotten out of no man's land, and we've gotten to the other side where sanity and serenity and peace is, then in order to stay on the other side, we simply help others. And that's what it's all about. You know, today, our show, we're going to be talking about step three of the 12-step program. And step three is made a decision to turn our will and our lives over the care of God as we understood him. And we're going to be talking about some, some very interesting aspects of, of this decision to turn our will and our lives over the care of God. And one of the things we're going to be focusing on this hour is going to be something called willingness. Willingness. We're going to be talking about open-mindedness. We're going to be talking about the imagination. We're going to be talking about commitment and decision. We're going to be talking about faith versus fear. But these are the things that are going to to get us out of no man's land. You know, and it's all about the imagination. But the most important thing I want you to I want you to know is that that you don't have to do this alone. The beautiful part about the 12 step program is uh, is one of our first editions. It's all about unity. You don't have to do this alone. But only you alone can do it. Only you alone can make the commitment and the decision to completely let go absolutely. And then it happens. You know, half measures avail us nothing. He who hesitates is lost. I mean, you know the drill. This is about complete surrender and letting go absolutely. It involves something called faith. But before you get to faith, you have to have something called willingness. You know, willingness, yeah. And, and before willingness can take place, this, the imagination needs to be engaged. And I promise you, somewhere in the imagination involves the open mind, open-mindedness. And I read, I read out of this book called The Twelve Steps and Twelve Traditions, which is a sister publication of the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. And, um, and it talked about the riddle, the answer to the riddle. It was right there at the end of step two in the 12 and 12. And the answer to the riddle is about open-mindedness. Being absolutely open-minded to all forms of spiritual concepts. And to allow ourselves and our imagination to engage. And it's about calming down. It's about preparing ourselves. Step three, this making a decision to turn our will and our lives over the care of God. Step three is about preparing oneself to the, the, the traumatic and at the same time joyful experience of ripping off that band-aid off those old emotional wounds, hopefully for the last time, and to take one last look at those deep emotional and physical and psychological scars. That's what happens in step four. That's what happens in the house cleaning. And I'm here to tell you, my friend, you cannot, I don't believe the human spirit has the capacity to go through the trauma of really doing a thorough and deep and honest four-step inventory unless they've calmed down. 
unless they've really prepared themselves for this exercise. And that's really what steps one, two, and three are. Steps one, two, and three are the preparation steps. We're going to be getting into step three. Step one, we admitted we we had a, a problem and that we were powerless. Step two, we had to use our imagination that something other than our own power could have relieved this suffering. And that's where we had to conceive of a power greater than ourselves or God, a God of our understanding. But step three is where, where the human engages the imagination and this God of their understanding. And they get ready to turn their will and their lives over the care of something other than themselves. The whole act of turning our will and our lives over the care of something greater than ourselves takes a tremendous amount of imagination. And in imagination, I believe that imagination is a close cousin of trust. You, know, you got to trust the process. And I do believe that trust is a close cousin of faith. Just calming down and saying, you know, just give this thing a go to let go absolutely. And then it happens. And then it happens. So anyway, please stay tuned. You know, the next, the next, uh, few segments of our program are going to be very interesting because we're, again, we're going to be opening up the mind and using the imagination. That's probably the thing I want to read to you right out of the, out of the 12 and 12. It's probably the first paragraph. And the first paragraph out of the 12 steps and 12 traditions in step three involves the imagination. Listen to this. Practicing, practicing step three is like the opening of a door, which to all appearances is still closed and locked. All we need is a key and the decision to swing the door open. There is only one key, and it is called willingness. Once unlocked by willingness, the door opens almost of itself, and looking through it, we shall see a pathway beside which is an inscription, and it reads, quote, This is the way to a faith that works. So there it is. Willingness. It's the key. It's the key to unlock the door to this dark, dark room. This dark room of fear and uncertainty. And once the key of willingness is put in the door and the door opens, it almost continues to continue opening almost of itself. And it's the open mind, my friend, that's going to keep that door open. We're going to be talking about willingness and the open mind. And we're going to be talking about recovery. And we're going to be talking about illuminating the dark fears of our past and the anxieties of our future. That's why this program is called In This Moment. And I'm Toby C. We're going to be back in a little bit. But... Practice a little open-mindedness. And then we're going to be getting into step three. The door, you know, the pathway to recovery for you, my friend. Stand by.
In This Moment with Toby C. continues now on iHub Radio. All right. It's Toby. This is our program, In This Moment, only here on wonderful iHub Radio in downtown Palm Springs, California. Gotta love it. By the way, if you ever hear something you like in this program, be sure to drop me an email. tobyc at iHubRadio.com. Anyway, we're talking about the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous. And don't forget, we're not tailoring this program to alcoholism and the alcoholic. We're tailoring this universal and timeless message to anybody who's suffering from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. The 12-step method of recovery is available for everyone. In fact, I read recently there's over 200 12-step programs worldwide dealing with every imaginable malady you can fathom. The genesis of the 12-step method happened to occur around alcoholism and alcohol abuse. And by the way, uh, alcoholism does have a very special little hook in its addiction. Unfortunately, uh, those of us who suffer from alcoholism do suffer from something called the double bind. It's called an obsession of the mind, which means we absolutely must keep drinking or we're going to die. And then at the same time, we're suffering something called an allergy of the body, which means that if we keep drinking, we're going to continue. We will die. And I think with the opioid addiction and with food addiction, and I mean, there's all kinds of addictions. It's, it's just abusive, extreme behavior. And if you keep it up, you're going to hurt yourself. You're going to hurt others. And sometimes we end up in prisons, institutions, and, and we die. And that's the sad reality of it. But today we're talking about the solution. We're talking about opening up the imagination and the mind. And it happens in step three. Step three is about willingness. Those of you who are familiar with the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous might be familiar with chapter five, how it works. And the beginning of chapter five, how it works, is all about step three. And I'm not going to read what we read every day in my 7 a.m. home group meeting, but I'm going to tell you that it's about the decision. I think one of the most misquoted battle cries in recovery is if you want what we have, then you got to do what we do. All right. That's not what the big book says. The big book does not say if you want what we have, you got to do what we do. It says if you have decided that you want what we have, then you are willing to take certain steps. That's what it says. See? So, yeah, you know, the 12-step program is a program of attraction, but this isn't about being attracted to, to another suffering human being necessarily. This is about making a decision, a commitment, a heartfelt commitment. I've heard that sometimes the longest distance in the human body is the distance between the brain and the heart. See, the brain is where fear is, and the heart is where love is. The brain is where uncertainty and self-doubt is, and the heart is where certainty and faith that it's all going to work out. That's where it is. So this is about making a heartfelt decision. 
the beautiful part about step three again, this, this having made a decision to turn our will and our lives over the care of God, is this is the turning point. This is the point where we move out of our head and we move into our heart. I believe anybody who makes a heartfelt commitment is moving out of their head and into their heart. And there's a wonderful quote about commitment. Maybe you've heard about it. It goes something like this, you know, until one is commit, until one is committed, there's hesitancy, a chance to draw back, always ineffectiveness. At the point one commits themselves, then providence moves too. And all unforeseen events happen as a result that would never have been realized had one not made the commitment. So there's something magical, miraculous, there's something powerful about getting out of the head and moving down to the heart and making a commitment. It's about faith. It's about trust. It's about faith and it is about trust, my friend. Let me tell you. And again, I mentioned this before. It is so much about preparing ourselves for the house cleaning that happens in step four. I want you to imagine, and here's the trust that I'm talking about. I'm talking about trusting the process. Imagine a little child, you know, a little three-year-old child. Maybe you've, maybe you've experienced holding the hand of a three-year-old child and walking across a busy street. Do you remember that feeling when that child put his hand in your hand? That trust, that unconditional trust to walk him across that busy street. We're talking about the same type of trust here. You know, just like that little kid would not pull his hand out of the the adult's hand in the middle of this crazy, busy boulevard. Amazingly, some people in the middle of the house cleaning, they pull their hand away from the hand of the man, you know. And I've mentioned this before, I love this. There used to be a a song back in the mid-70s, you know. It was called, Put Your Hand in the Hand of the Man. And I happen to believe that God speaks and acts through other people. And I do believe that when we trust another soul with our personal, spiritual, and emotional and human house cleaning, it's a form of putting our hand in the hand of the man. I do believe that when we trust another human, it's a way of putting our hand in the hand of the man. And that's when it really happens. We're talking about telling somebody your entire life story. It's the deal. You've got to do it. You know? And again, it only happens, it only happens in the heartfelt commitment and the decision. The one thing I also want to tell you about, what happens in step three, and this is really important, Part of recovery is using the imagination. I want you to remember to always use your imagination, whatever your level of recovery is. I want you to use your imagination that someday, someday you're going to get better. Someday you're going to be able to help somebody get out of no man's land. Someday, you know, you're going to be that inspiration in that guiding light. And that's what the suffering, judgmental, fear-based, suffering, 
newcomer is experiencing. They want to know if they can trust this process. And they're going to look at you as a man or woman who has recovered sufficiently and has calmed down. And that I want you to think about it. When you put your hand out to help somebody through their fourth step, you're putting out the hand of the hand of the man. And that's when it happens. It's called the guiding light. We're going to talk about little nuggets out of the, out of the big book during our next segment. And it's all about willingness and open-mindedness. And step three of the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous or the 12-step method. This is Toby C. Only here on iHub Radio. moment, helping to open hearts and minds that allow for the mysterious, powerful, enduring, and proven alternative to destructive behavior. Here is your guide, Toby C. Okay, we're talking about willingness, we're talking about recovery, we're talking about the open mind, we're talking about you or somebody you love getting better. Entirely better. Completely better. We're talking about you or your your loved one never, ever having to do a house cleaning, the 12-step method, ever again. Maybe you've done it a few times and it just didn't, it just didn't take. Well, I'm here to tell you there is, there is an opportunity for you or your loved one to get this thing. You can get this thing. I'm telling you, it's not easy. It's very, very simple, but you can get this thing. This is about trusting God, cleaning house, and helping others. I believe the thing that so many of us human beings don't get is we don't get the discipline part. See, I think I read somewhere in one of these wonderful recovery books full of timeless wisdom and universal knowledge. I I read that, and I believe, and my experience has been that so many of us, when we clean house, we experience the promises. A lot of good things come back into our lives. We get blessings. And we fail to enlarge upon our spiritual life, which is to pay attention to another suffering person. And that's the deal. We miss the the last part of the deal. It's about working with others. And I'm telling you, my friend, if you or your loved one who just can't seem to get this thing if you can just focus on doing a thorough house cleaning and prepare yourself sufficiently to just spend and dedicate a little time to another suffering person, the whole world is going to open up for you. Imagine the whole world opening up for you. Imagining never having to go back to the hospital or a recovery center or rehab ever again. Imagining, imagine 
being uniquely helpful to another suffering man or woman. Imagine being able to do something for these suffering souls that doctors and psychiatrists and therapists just couldn't seem to do. You're going to become a savant, believe me. And it happens. But again, it's about using the imagination. Step three in willingness now is very much about using the imagination. It's about imagining getting out of no man's land. It's imagining putting the key in the door like we read and opening up this door. And again, I want to describe I want to describe an experience I had when I finally tapped into to what they were trying to imply with the, the, the visual of, of willingness. Imagine that we're all, we're all born into this dark, dark room. We all come out of the womb survivalists. Our instinctive natures are in the lead. And if there was a movement, the movement would be me first. And in this dark room, there's a lot of uncertainty. We don't really know where we are in this dark room. We don't know where other people are in this dark room. We don't know where other things are in this dark room. We're constantly colliding and bumping into other things and other people. And it hurts, and there's pain, and there's mistakes, and there's confusion, and there's misunderstanding, and there's uncertainty. And it all happens in this dark room. And when the key of willingness is put in the door, and the door is ever so slightly opened, this powerful illumination comes through this crack in the door. And while the whole room may not be illuminated, there's just enough light in this room to start to see where we are to start to see where we fit into the scheme of things, where our place is in the world, where other people are, where the things are. We, we start to establish something called healthy boundaries. And that's what happens when we move toward this thing called God's will. There's something called willingness and there's something called self-will. I believe that Willingness is about God's will. Self-will is about self-centered, self-will and riot. Willingness is the key to open up the door. Self-will is the way to close that door again and move us back into darkness. I want to read you a little... A little nugget out of uh, page 40, step three from the 12 steps and 12 traditions. Listen to this and use your imagination. It is when we try to make our will conform with God's that we begin to use it rightly. To all of us, this was a most wonderful revelation. Our whole trouble had been the misuse of willpower. We had tried to bombard our problems with it instead of attempting to bring it into agreement with God's intention for us. Isn't that beautiful? We had tried to bombard our problems with self-will instead of attempting to bring it into agreement with God's intention for us. Recovery is all about, is all about getting into God's grace 
or a, or a God of our understanding. When, when, if and when you ever get to step 10, you're going to read something about having this demon expelled from you. This demon of fear, this demon of, of uncertainty, this demon of anger and hatred and self-doubt and low self-esteem and disappointment. All these demons are going to be cast out of you. It's going to be a beautiful experience to, to have this kind of freedom that only, only the open mind can lead us to. And again, remember, willingness and the open mind are important. There's a little nugget in the back of the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous called The Spiritual Experience. And it says that willingness, open-mindedness, and honesty are indispensable. And I don't know about you, but before I got to step four, I was incapable of being honest. I did not know how to discern right from wrong. Everything was kind of a big crapshoot. It was a big gray area. I had a lot of justifications. I didn't know what the seven deadly sins were. I thought a little lust, a little greed, a little anger. You know, all of it was acceptable, especially to those who had it coming. No, that's not how it works. That's definitely not in attempting to bring it into agreement with what God's intentions are for us. You know, I mentioned before, I believe that this that the self-will, and I've read and I've come to believe that the self-will brings great suffering. And only through great suffering, many of us are given something called the gift of desperation. We've hit our bottom. Many of us keep hitting that bottom over and over and over again. But it's called the gift of desperation. And only then can the sufferer be willing to pay attention as only the dying could, could do. It's all about getting the sufferer to pay attention. And again, I want to talk and I want to, I want to go back to the imagination. I want you to remember that during the course of you getting better or your loved one getting better, they need to keep the mind open to the possibility that they are going to get this thing. They're going to get this thing and they're going to get it in finality. It's going to be complete. They're going to get to the other side. And when they get to the other side and they get out of no man's land, to stay, to stay in this place and feel like God has put you in a position of neutrality, safe and protected. If you want to stay and remain safe and protected, and if you want to be in a place of neutrality and out of the circus, all you got to do is work with somebody. You know, in step three, getting, you know, preparing the sufferer to get ready to do this fourth step inventory is what step three is all about. It's about the open mind. And remember I mentioned that it's all about getting out of the head and getting down into the heart. And I firmly believe that recovery not only is about opening up the mind, but in order to open up the heart, the mind must be opened. The mind must be opened. And then we calm down. When we contemplate all the things that are in the realm of possibility, we calm down. And when we calm down, the heart opens. 
And when our heart opens, then and only then can we allow the God of our understanding to enter us and to expel the obsession, to expel this demon of fear and uncertainty and anger and disappointment. That's when it happens. So your job, when you get better and become a sponsor, is first and foremost, you got to qualify and make sure that your prospect is ready to go for it, okay? Don't waste your time or your prospect's time if they do not have a heartfelt commitment to do this deal. It just doesn't. Like I said, it's like the little kid in the middle of the boulevard pulling his hands away from, from, from the adult. It's not only a waste of time, it could be perilous and dangerous. I know many people who go out and during their fourth step, and it's because they were not sufficiently prepared during step three. They kind of, they kind of BS their way through it, okay? And recovery, this is a life and death thing, man, you know? Don't, don't BS your, yourself through this, okay? I did enough of that. I've, I've been in the revolving door of recovery, believe me. There should be a recovery center called the Toby C. Center for Recovery. But there isn't. And it's because I just wouldn't let go absolutely. I had this fear. One of the beautiful things about the four-step inventory, and this is a preview of coming attractions, is, is the fourth step is where the miracles take place. And that's where we, we commence to outgrow fear. That's where it happens. But I'm telling you, it's like on your mark, get ready, get set, go. It's, you've got to prepare yourself. You've got to calm down. And steps one, two, and three are about calming the spirit down in order to rip the bandage off one last final time in step four. And it's got to be done that way. It's got to be done. We've got to trust the process got to trust the process you know it's i've mentioned this before and i'm going to say it again it's about getting the prospect ready to get out of no man's land and not only are you going to get out of no man's land and not only is your loved one going to get out of no man's land but you're going to be helpful to getting somebody out of no man's land and because you're going to adequately prepare them in step three I'm telling you, it's not, it's, it's not rocket science, this step work. Everybody's got their technique, how they like to, to practice these spiritual exercises called the 12 steps with other people. I like to just you know, dedicate a couple of hours several times a week and just bury my nose in the big book of the 12 and 12, take turns reading a page, reflect it, you know? And something happens during that reading and that reflection. We calm down, you know? When two or more are gathered, you know, there's a love triangle going on. There's a love triangle with, with the God of our understanding. And he wants us to let go absolutely and to trust him and to trust the process. It's about trusting the process, trusting him. I'm going to give you some wonderful little tools and hints when we come back and, and wrap up this, this hour's program. This is Toby C. You're listening to In This Moment, only here on iHub Radio, Palm Springs, California.
in a world of overstimulation, you've arrived in a safe and calming space. This is In This Moment with Toby C. on iHub Radio. Hey, we're back. This is our program. We're going to get better together. Every time I, I sit down and I, I try to carry a message, it's for the purpose of, of continuing to, to expand upon my, my spiritual life. And it's for the purpose of staying on the other side of, the, of no man's land. And that is our 12th suggestion. That's what's going to happen to you or your loved one when they get better. They're going, you're going to become a sage, a savant. You're going to become a messenger. You're going to be extremely and uniquely helpful to another suffering soul. You know, and I don't mean to jump around, um, but I, the, the beginning and the end of recovery, they, they kind of, it's a full circle deal. You can't keep this thing unless you give it away. And so many people, I'll tell you, I had to make a, a big discovery uh, early on. Um, and I'm glad that I, I had this, this realization finally, that really the purpose of cleaning house and doing the 12 step, the 12 step program of recovery and cleaning house, the whole purpose was not for me. See, I always thought it was about me. Remember hashtag me first, me first movement, you know, that's where I come from. No, I finally realized that the whole purpose of my desire to get sober and to stay sober was so that I could be available to another suffering soul and be helpful, not help, but be helpful to that other suffering soul achieving sobriety. I think I heard somewhere in the 12-step program that my primary purpose is to stay sober and to help another person achieve sobriety. I got to tell you, when that finally came to me, it started to make a lot of sense. That it just, it did. Starting to go to, my, you know, my home group meeting, you know, and I hit it every day. It's a consistent ritual and I love it. I never miss an episode or I try not to. But it started to get real easy when I started to go to my home group meeting, not to save my own butt, but just to be in my seat and to sit all the way down every single day and to be present to be present in the present to be in the moment and to be available to be visible and available in mind body and spirit to the sufferer and then it makes a lot of sense this is all about this is all about preparing ourselves and you'll read, if you do read the big book, and, and I encourage everybody to read the big book. You don't have to be an alcoholic except from, from alcoholism to get something out, you know, out of the nuggets that are buried in the big book. But you'll read that our purpose, our real purpose in life was to fit ourselves to be of maximum service to God and those about us. There it is. So our real purpose is not to procreate or build buildings or whatever. Our real purpose is to fit ourselves, and that means calm down and clean house and get spiritually fit. Why? So we can serve others. And I don't know about you, but again, I developed a relationship with my creator. I discovered a wonderful relationship with my creator through other people. So when I serve other people, 
It's a form of serving my God. And I found out that, by the way, I'm, I'm doing something called practicing humility. I found out that humility is simply placing God first. You're not humble. You practice humility. I practice placing God first. And it's not easy because I got a lifetime of practicing placing Toby first, see? But I'm getting better at it because I practice it. And the easiest way to practice it is go to my home group and then to pay attention to another suffering soul and, and to keep our nose buried in the big book and just talking about you know, talking about recovery scripture, whatever you want to talk about. There's just something about reading it and talking about it. It's, it's, it in and of itself is a spiritual experience. It's, it's the way to go, I'm telling you. And you're, the important part, again, is you're going to be a messenger. I want you to know that that you are going to, you are capable of, it's, in, it's within the realm of possibility that, and you are going to change your message. So many of us come into recovery with a bad message. We heard a bad message. We experienced a bad message. We lived a bad message. We became bad messengers talking about me. There's a few others of us. Recovery is all about changing our message. And it happens when we open the mind. In step three, willingness. Willingness to do what? Willingness to turn my will? What is my will? I can't touch it. Where is it? Turn my will over to what? God? It's about the imagination, my friend. And it's about the open mind. And the open mind is the answer to the riddle. Because the open mind leads to the open heart. And the open heart allows God, a God of our understanding, a power greater than ourselves, to enter us and expel the demon. Expel the obsession. Expel the worry. Expel the fear. Expel the self-doubt. Anger. Hate. You name it. It's gone. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. And, and not only are you going to become a great messenger, but life will take on a whole new meaning for you. Life will take on a new meaning for you. And I can't tell you, the biggest joy in recovery, the biggest joy in recovery, once you or your loved one who's suffering gets better and gets to the other side, the biggest joy in recovery is to watch people recover, to see them help others, to watch loneliness vanish. This is an experience you must not miss, and you're going to experience it. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm your friend, Toby C. This is our program in this moment, only here on iHub Radio in Palm Springs, California. God bless. Until the next time, take care.